Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Well, welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Hope you're looking forward to a great Thanksgiving week. And uh, oftentimes, I do this every year with my students, uh, as I ask them something that's specific that the Lord has done in their life in the last 12 months that they want to give thanks for. And it's very challenging to watch uh, teenagers. These are all high school students. Uh, come up with something to be thankful to the Lord for. I've run into the same problem in adult Sunday school classes. And it's uh, and you ask for a prayer request, man. People are Johnny on the spot. But you talk about what could you be thankful for? Uh, and you run into crickets off the time, which is kind of sad. But today uh, I'm thankful for my guest, uh, Mr. Randall Wallace, who's uh, an incredible writer, director, producer, uh, of course, was the screenplay, uh, wrote the screenplay for Braveheart with Mel Gibson and The Man in the Iron Mask. And We Were Soldiers. He directed those and Secretariat and Heaven is for Real. Uh, and it, it looks to be like uh, The Passion of the Christ, Resurrection, which you would uh, know, you should know that as a Christian, that, that would be the logical follow up to The Passion of the Christ. So, Randall, what a great honor to have you on. And I was mentioning I'm such a huge movie buff. And I use movies oftentimes in my classes and here on the radio for years. So it's a great honor to have you on, sir. How are you? Oh, Steve, I'm so excited to be here with you. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for this. Thanksgiving week is one of the best weeks mm. always for me. It, it um, focusing on gratitude and, um, and gratefulness for, for all of God's gifts. Yeah. Um, really changes the quality of my life and uh, and everyone around me. So I'm I'm so glad to be on with you today. Yeah, it's great to have you. And my uh, my cousin is an avid uh, fan of the show and watches on Facebook Live. And uh, he and his father both served in the military. And he heard us uh, mentioning about Colonel Moore. So this is Vance, my cousin. Just literally just put this on the screen. Randall, Colonel Moore was the brigade commander who selected my dad to command a battalion in Germany. I went to high school with his older kids. That's my cousin, Vance. Oh, wow. And you were mentioning... I know his older kids, too, and they're extraordinary people as well. Yeah, and you were mentioning, I wanted you to share this with everybody because it's so important about uh, the man that We Were Soldiers was all about and something that recently happened with the renaming of military bases that's going on. Yeah, so um, Fort Benning was recently renamed Fort Moore, and not only for Hal Moore, but for Julie Moore. Mm. Um, his his family said at this uh, renaming ceremony, which which I attended with some of the other people that worked on the movie with us, um, that Mom always felt she came second to the Army, and this time she got to come first because they <laughs> named her. For Julie and Hal Moore, and and it it was so important to all of us who who knew Julie. Now, Hal was a man of great uh, Christian faith. Yeah. Um. He 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 told me that when he was at West Point, he fell asleep many nights on his knees beside his cot praying. Mm. Uh, that he was so exhausted he would fall asleep. And and Julie uh, was herself a Methodist. Hal was Catholic. Um, they had an absolutely extraordinary marriage, and 
and Hal was one of my mentors. See, and and remains to this day. After his death, his, his words are still powerful and instructive in his spirit, and um, and, and it was just a wonderful experience to see the army recognize yeah. both of the Moors in renaming Fort Benning. Well, it's such an inspiring movie. It's, it's great to have an inspiring movie about that period of U.S. history uh, in that part of the world. And, uh, and, and, and if you want to be inspired just as a man that is uh, the Lord is his, his anchor and a family man and a guy that does, uh, just deeply cares uh, personally about his men, uh, he's going to be the first foot that steps the first one to step foot into the battle, the first one to take his foot, the last one to take his foot off. I mean, it's just a mind boggling uh, example of what a, a man made in the image of God is capable of is, is with all these incredible movies, Randall, you've done. Is there a, is there like a personal connection in a different or unique way with each one of them for you? Yes, there is. It's, it's a paradox, Steve. It's, it's, both everyone is unique and everyone has a common theme. It's it's almost like my children. And people will say, "Do you have a favorite movie?" And I say, "I don't have a favorite. I don't have a favorite son. I love them all in different ways. Yeah. They're they're all unique, and yet they're brothers. And uh, they have they have uh, certain common things together. One of the things I'm often asked is why I tell war stories, and I always say I don't. I I write love stories. The, those are the stories I tell. I want to know what you love enough to give your life mm. for it, because that's when you really become truly alive. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, and, and you know, hopefully most of us were talking about that just recently with Veterans Day. And hopefully at Thanksgiving, hopefully you'll look back. Thanksgiving isn't just about what we uh, can be thankful to the Lord for right now, but we should all become uh, historians to a certain degree. And uh, my cousin, who I mentioned before, when I first started teaching U.S. history, and I was talking about it a year and a half or so ago on the on the air, uh, said you know he's been doing genealogy on my mother's side of the family for years, and discovered that we go all the way back to the signing of the Mayflower Compact and William Penn, who's the founder of Pennsylvania, and he goes, oh, and by the way, I'm on your mother's side, your ninth cousin is Daniel Boone, stuff like that, and, and <laughs> you you just it adds so much weight to life uh, to run into those type of things. Was heaven heaven is for real, which was you know, an overtly Christian movie. Was that one different because of that reality? Yes, in, in a certain way it was. Um, I I think that the, um, because it was about people uh, for whom their faith was, was front and center in everything they did, Todd Burpo and his family, and of course his son Colton Burpo, who had the near-death experience and then came back to talk about heaven. But all the way back to Braveheart, Steve, um, people would say to me, you must have done a lot of research to write Braveheart. And I always say, yeah, I read the New Testament. <laughs> uh, Mel recognized instantly that the way I had written the story of William Wallace was, was in a pattern of what a Christian man would experience yeah. and the, the necessity for sacrifice. The, um, I, I would have never written every man dies, not every man really lives. And mm -hmm. confronting in a certain way, the Jesus story. That's of, right. Uh, Jesus is there knowing his disciples don't understand. That's right. What he taught them for three Hold years. On, right, stop, hold on right there, Randall. I'm up against a commercial break. We're not going anywhere. We are on the radio, but we'll be right back with Randall Wallace. 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. A great honor today. You guys know uh, how much of a movie buff I am and, and have been for my whole life. That probably started in 1977 uh, when Star Wars came out. And it's been, uh, a, you know, just a passion of mine for years. And once I became a believer, I started to see through that lens at the age of 28. And that's how I consume movies. That's how I consume just about everything these days. Uh, but some movies are more impregnated with a biblical worldview than others. Uh, and oftentimes people can't see it, but when you've really developed that part of your mind and you've got the Holy Spirit guiding you there, when you watch a movie like Braveheart or when you watch a movie about uh, uh, Colonel Moore and We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson, even a movie about Secretariat or Heaven is for Real with Greg Kinnear, uh, those things uh, come alive to me. It's a lot more than just a movie experience. It's a spiritual thing for me as well as it's developing uh, my my Christian worldview, but uh, we have a, a, just a great honor today to talk to Mr. Randall Wallace, who's a writer, director, and producer of all those things, as well as something that, that quite frankly, Randall, again, thank you for your time. Uh, I don't know that any of us ever thought we would see the day when there would be a sequel to The Passion of the Christ. Of course, we know there is one <laughs> from the reality of Christ's resurrection, but how did that get on your radar screen, and is this actually going to happen? So, Steve, I have been fascinated i guess fascinated is a pale word but i've known since i was a child that the resurrection was was the the pivotal moment of of our faith and the most difficult thing to talk about when i was in school i majored in in religion and even did a year in seminary and mm -hmm. i did a principal study about the resurrection uh, when we did uh, hacksaw ridge and i say we uh, that project came to me, it was, when it came to me, it was called the CO, the Conscientious Objector. Mm. And uh, I did a rewrite on the script and I was planning to direct it. And then Heaven is For Real came my way and it was further along. So I said to the producers of what I had renamed Hacksaw Ridge, uh, you ought to take this to Mel. I didn't know at the time Mel had already turned the script down, but he <laughs> saw the, he signed on. And then I went with him to promote the movie because I love Mel. I believe in him. He's a friend. I, I love his work. And and I knew that he was going to face a lot of stress. And mm -hmm. I also thought I could I could help with that, that process. And we were having dinner one night, just the two of us, out on the road promoting the movie. And I said, look, we've got to do the resurrection. Now, I'm not suggesting it hadn't crossed his mind before. <laughs> But I told him, look, I will write a draft. I'll, I'll, I'll attack it. I'll, I'll hand you a script. And now, of course, Mel is Catholic. I'm Protestant. Um, I don't like, I don't like the labels in Christianity. I think if you're, if you're a Baptist or Methodist before you're a Christian, you're not much of a Christian. Just like I think if you're a Democrat or Republican before you're an American, you're, yeah, yeah, you're not the fully an American like you might ought to be. But, uh, um. He he sparked to the idea and or at least to that approach. And the the fascinating thing about this for me is uh, the resurrection is N.T. Wright, a, a great thinker and scholar, has said in in his book about Jesus and the resurrection. He says, if you don't think the resurrection is preposterous, you've missed the point. The <laughs> whole idea is that it blows away all of your conceptions and and i i approach that way faith that way i think that um 
you know, I don't believe in my own understanding. I believe God is beyond anything I can understand. And I have to, to accept God in humility and with mystery. Yes. Um, well, the resurrection, the proof of the resurrection to me is this. Jesus was crucified. Most people would not dispute that fact. The thing is, we would never have heard his name or heard one word that he said except for the resurrection. That's right. But all of his all of his followers were terrified, believed that everything they had thought was wrong. Three days later, they come out saying, we've seen him alive, physically alive. We know it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to us either. But it's 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 a truth that we can't get our minds around. And that is so profound. Oh, it's, it's beyond profound. Um, and it's exciting. And so, yes, it's in the works. Um, it's, it's really a fascinating interplay between, because being so biblically centered, my early drafts were centered on exactly what the Bible right. tells us happened. Right. And Mel likes to explore the spiritual dimensions, which are, are mind blowing. Yeah. And um, so I can't promise when it's going to happen, but uh, I'm as sure that it's going to happen as I am of anything. Yeah. Wow. That's that's super exciting. Uh, by the way, I, I had you down until about 430. I don't know if you have any if you want to stick around for another segment. I can do that. But I understand you're super busy. I'm around. I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. OK, so, great. Uh, sure. Awesome. Well, we'll go into the third segment. But tell me about the one man show. Uh, Randall out here is going to be out there doing a one-man show. And you did this before as a result of um, the lockdowns and COVID. Yes. Um, I got uh, sick of the, the drumbeat of fear mm. that, that everybody has, has thrown at us. I think it's, it's done as a way of control. And, um, and I don't just mean this as a political thing. I mean, people get afraid and when they are afraid, they get angry at people who aren't afraid. Yes, amen. Um, I forget who said it. Um, I think it might have been T.S. Eliot, but it was in a world of fugitives, the man who does not run away will be thought to flee. Hmm. And um, I, I just thought we've got to do something to get people back together. And also, um, my career in so many ways has been about um, the a step between me and and an audience of filming, editing, um, polishing of all sorts of, of ways. I really wanted to have the personal experience of getting out in, in front of people and getting with people and showing clips from my movies and telling stories about how I came internally and spiritually to write those scenes mm. and how how those movies came about and some songs. I started my career as a singer songwriter. So I get to use songs that are both in those movies and about those experiences that I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, I, I want to unpack what that night looks like. And then I got to find out what your schedule is. Cause I'm absolutely going to come to that uh, <laughs> because this is such a, such a, a, a fabulous topic and the intersection of uh, one's worldview with one's craft and then other people's 
uh, understanding or lack thereof, and I just love conversation, obviously, which would be great. And, and that, that drumbeat of fear, which is what I think drove a lot of COVID. I mean, I talked about it here uh, incessantly, like most media people, <clears throat> and it ended up getting us permanently banned from YouTube because uh, for obvious reasons. But that, that drumbeat of fear, Randall, was so powerful, which is why I, th I thought I, I would usually react to what was going on and people just freaking out and in the mask thing and uh, shutting down businesses and six foot uh, social distancing, so much of that based on fear because people I think ultimately feared death, which shows you the spiritual status of unfortunately way too many of our 340 million neighbors. We're up on a break, Randall. Uh, we're talking to Randall Wallace, writer, director, producer. We're gonna find out more about this one man show, where he's coming, how can we be a part of it? This is Steve Noble, we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. WallaceEntertainment.com is a website I want you to go check out. WallaceEntertainment.com. And uh, Randall Wallace will be uh, out and about and talking about his uh, remarkable career in Hollywood. Uh, from Braveheart to The Man in the Mask to We Were Soldiers, Secretariat, Heaven is for Real. I didn't know you were involved in Hacksaw Ridge, but to that, Randall, I just say, that figures. And then... Uh, <laughs> Of course, uh, working on, we don't know when it'll be out though, uh, but based on the true story, I would say the pivotal moment in all of human history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ will be done as the follow-up uh, to the Passion of the Christ with Mel Gibson. And so this, uh, the one-man show, which uh, you did that before as a reaction to all the fear and the, and the uh isolation that uh, drove a lot of that fear with COVID uh, when you, when you head out at how, how, like, are you planning the shows around the country, Randall? Is it kind of by invitation or, or let us know how that's going to work just in terms of the nuts and bolts of it. And then what we can expect that evening. Do you interact with the audience? I, I just give us a feel for what'll happen when we come out to one of those evenings. Yes. Our, our uh, structure is that I will, I will visit a church on the Sunday and uh and general because people want to find out about the resurrection they want i i don't i don't do a sermon i just generally speak with a pastor for yeah. a few minutes and answer a few questions about being a christian in hollywood mm -hmm. and everyone wants to know about the resurrection and uh then do the show either on the sunday night or the monday and tuesday in the in the local area uh, this most recently, we just got back from Jackson, Mississippi, and Steve, I had the unbelievable experience of, um, of visiting at the Anderson United Methodist Church in in uh, Mississippi, uh, Clinton, Mississippi, and I got to sing "Precious Lord, Take My Hand" with their choir, oh, and man. then yes, and their choir came and sang with me in my show. And that's the model that that we're following for this. Um, it's part of my part of my show is centered around an experience I had when a few years ago doctors told me they were going to amputate my right hand. They had already wow. made the plan. They had uh, already formed the post amputation therapy, and I went to bed that night thinking 
that my hand would be amputated the next day and mm. called a friend and asked her to pray for me because I found myself unable to pray either from the morphine or or a struggle with my faith. And my friend said, no, I'll, I'll stand in the gap. Mm. And that night I dreamed of, of my hand still there pointing toward heaven. And, and when I came out of surgery the next day, I saw my son smiling and I looked down and my hand was still there. And I decided I wasn't going to just do exercises to restore my the use of the hand. I was going to celebrate having hands and go back to playing music and being with people. And uh, so we have a show that uses clips from my movies. I talk about how I came to write those scenes, particularly the the spiritual journey yeah. that brought me scenes. And then um, I do um, I meet everyone that's there that wants to come up and talk. Um, I, I love to speak with students particularly, yeah, but yeah. students of all ages. Yeah, that's so fun. And uh, I was just looking at the website. So let's make sure, get me in touch with the right person because I can easily host one of these here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, wow. I can get a bunch of students out. I can get a, it'll be an interesting crowd and a great night. So I definitely want to help with that and, and get you out here. You, you made this statement earlier, Randall, uh, and I'm sure people are always amazed. Well, how can you be a Christ follower and work in Hollywood and that kind of stuff? By the way, I, do, have you met John and Andy Irwin yet? Yes. So John and Andy yeah. and I have been friends for 12 or 13 years. Uh, yes. And I've been on set with those guys. And, and it's and it's you made a statement earlier about uh, when people say, how do you hold on to your faith in Hollywood, working in Hollywood? And I wanted you to unpack that a little bit because you said you actually disagreed with the phrase, I don't hold on to my faith. I want people to understand that uh, because, I, as, again, I'm going to reference my students a lot. Last week I was asking, and I went around the room, and I teach eight classes in person and four online. So I went around the room last week in all my classes. I said, on a scale from 1 to 10, how comfortable do you feel expressing any doubts about your Christian faith or the Bible or the faith in general in the context of your youth group or your church and the average uh, number, the average response, Randall, on a scale from one to 10, one being, no way, I'm not going to open my mouth, 10 being, I feel very supported, uh, was a three. And I told them, you guys, when you have doubts or when you have questions or when somebody else attacks the faith, don't run away from that. You need to run into that. And because right. God can take it and go ahead and study and get involved with the question of the concern, because I've done that for 20 years and it's only strengthened my faith. Faith that has not undermined it. So just unpack for a minute. What does it mean that, that you don't hold on to your faith when you work in Hollywood? It's not really something you identify with. Well, first of all, I have a kind of uh, Southerners defiance of <laughs> of fear and authority i I've, I've told my sons always if you're afraid of something stand up and look it in the eye amen uh, and and i think that that functions about this if you don't don't run away from something because you know you don't know all the answers is as as paul wrote um in in the new testament when you go to speak don't plan it out it's like if thinking, okay, they're going to say this, I'm going to say that, I need to have it written, I need to have it memorized. That's not faith, that's fear. Yeah. Uh, trust, trust, the, and and it's okay sometimes to say, I can't explain that part. If if you're asking me to explain 
uh, how the world came into existence, I have one word, God. Mm-hmm. What word do you use? Accident? Um, so <laughs> so I, I think it's a matter of stepping into life, trusting, and, and, um, and that, that was the pivotal moment, honestly, Steve, which changed my life. And it's, it's one I talk about in my show, I sort of build the show around the, a moment of transformation mm-hmm. in which I, got, I was facing bankruptcy and disaster because there had been a writer's strike. I'd spent all my savings on remodeling a home for my sons to grow up in. And we had a writer's strike and, and the company I worked for went under. Mm, and suddenly I was facing disaster and I got on my knees and I said a prayer that maybe my sons would become better men if they didn't grow up in a, an expensive house, maybe if they grew in a tiny house, like the one my sister and I lived in when we were, yeah. our father got sick. And um, uh, and that, the house was full of love and our parents taught us how you get up when you've been knocked down. And if that's what God wants, then help me bear that. But mm-hmm. if I go down, help me go down, not on my knees worshiping Hollywood, but standing up with my flag flying, fighting for what I believe. Yeah. And when you you do that, that led me directly to every man dies, not every man really lives, or they may take our lives and they'll never take our freedom. Yeah. So it's not an empty experience. And in fact, I'm 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 with you totally. You you encourage step into the fight, step into the challenge, step into the the mystery. That's where life is. God is there. Uh, I I don't I don't believe that if I go into danger, God will suddenly not be there. That's right. Yeah. Well, when you think like that, I'm, if somebody brings that up and they start expressing fears or doubts or or the ugliness of life, I'm like, have you read the Bible? I mean, <laughs> it's a remarkably honest account. Uh, of what we can do to ourselves and what we do to others, and then God's grace and providence uh, intermingling with all of that. Uh, when somebody comes out, Randall, we got about a minute and a half. When somebody comes out uh, to the show, it's wallaceentertainment.com, and I'm going to work on bringing Randall here to the Raleigh, North Carolina area. What, what's, your, what's your hope for somebody that comes out? I want them to find not, not to be listening, and certainly I'm going to tell – stories that are entertaining and funny and moving that that's something I want to do. Sure. But I want this to be about me. I want them to come to, to be inspired to find their own story and their own way of celebrating their own hands and their own voice. And instead of using their, their hands and their voices to fashion a fetish of fear, to use them to glorify their gifts. Yeah. That's what, the show to be and the experience to be yeah which is wonderful because i i'll often say this on the air and i say it literally to my students i say i think most of us settle for a lot less than what the lord wants to give us yes uh and i think fear drives a lot of that uh and certainly everybody struggles with that but we haven't been given a spirit of fear but of love power and a sound mind i read that somewhere and uh, <laughs> hold right there, Randall, because I want to get some contact information. Uh, what an honor to have you on. Let's make sure we do this again. I'd love to host you and get you out to Raleigh uh, for one of those experiences. would be awesome. Mr. Randall Wallace, writer, director, and producer on The Steve Noble Show. Thanks so much. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. I will uh, let you know uh, next year when we start working on uh, getting Mr. Randall Wallace out here to Raleigh for his one-man show. It's fascinating. And again, writer, director, producer, uh, Braveheart, We Were Soldiers, Secretariat, Heaven is for Real, Hacksaw Ridge, and then he's working with Mel Gibson on the sequel uh, to The Passion of the Christ, which would simply be called Resurrection. So I'll let you know uh, what's going on and when we switch to a podcast format in January. That doesn't mean we're not going to keep con- – well, we won't continue to, to communicate. Of course we will. But I want to make sure you get uh, on that list. And if you already get our emails or the daily devotional, then we already have that. And so once we get the the, the podcast, which will just be an ex- extension of the radio show in a longer format. If I feel like going longer than 45 minutes or an hour, I will. That's the beautiful thing about a podcast. And I usually feel like going longer than the radio show gives me. <clears throat> so uh, just text the word Steve. Just text my name, Steve, to 66866. That will get you on the email list. And we'll let you know as things move forward as we get into January. Just text my name, Steve, to 66866, and we'll get you on the email list. And don't worry, one of the things that, uh, God willing, we'll continue to do into the new year is talk to our good friend David Fisher at Landmark Capital, because these conversations are always so important. Not just, David, because we talk about important financial things, uh, but because we're both followers of Christ and and, uh, brothers in the Lord and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's, it's one thing to talk about finances, but if you do that without a biblical perspective, you're just part of the world, and that doesn't really work. So it's great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, as always, especially this uh, upcoming Thanksgiving on a Monday. Thanks for having me. Amen. You're very welcome. Yes, happy Thanksgiving to you and your wonderful family, and I'm sure you guys will have a great day, as we will. All our kids are going to be in town, so that's uh, that's exciting. We praise the Lord for that. So before we get into things, U.S. dollar, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's start in the passage of Scripture, which is always wonderful, Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 15 and 16 says this, All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving mm. to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are re- being renewed day by day. Amen. So I had to pick a Thanksgiving, uh, kind of a Thanksgiving, but uh, something that's also applicable. Um, always there is benefits in following the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to be thankful people, um, and that's where God's glory is. If we have a kind thankful heart god can move move that car yes. he doesn't want to move a parked car who's stubborn and and <laughs> uh tenacious and doubting and all you know we I, there's always a faith challenge here too but uh when we do that uh we don't lose heart because even though the outward body and we're all getting older Amen. and right. uh our our spirit is being renewed day by day and yes. i'm very thankful for this scripture during this Thanksgiving week, because God is working his glory in us to yes. be more like him. Yeah, which is so, it's so cool to think about that. And, and, and we're both experiencing that outwardly. We are wasting away. We're not the young men we used to be. And, and I, I run into issues physically all the time. But even as my, as my body is getting moving towards weakness and lack of vitality, our spirit and our spiritual walk and our our wisdom gets stronger. They, they're going in opposite directions. And then, of yeah. course, w- one day it won't be an issue at all. Uh, and we'll be free from the limitations of this fallenness. 
and we'll be free to just walk with the Lord and each other for all eternity, which is so awesome. So, yeah, what a wonderful passage for Thanksgiving and a great reminder for all of us. Uh, something that's not uh, having such a great Thanksgiving, it looks like probably the U.S. dollar, which we talked about uh, on a regular basis and, and losing its status as the world reserve currency, uh, which would be a total nightmare for this country. So give us an update on that and, and how many uh, how many options are out there? What's going on with that one? Yeah, so I thought we'd kind of go back in time, because that's what Thanksgiving does. It reminds us of our great past, how we became an independent country. And let's take a look at one of the things that caused our country to grow, being the world reserve currency. There's been six of them from the beginning of currency time, which started in Portugal from 1450 to eight to uh, 1530. Uh, Portugal, then Spain, then Netherlands, then France, then Great Britain and then obviously the United States. When I look at all these six currencies, let's take out the last one, the United States, for a moment. The five currencies, the duration of time that they've lasted as a reserve currency on the low side is 80 years, two of the countries. On the high side is 110, and the United States so far is at 102. Mm. So we're getting towards the end of the spectrum here. Yep. Yep. What caused these five countries to lose their world reserve? Uh, three of them, wars. One of, uh, and of the three, three went bankrupt because they can't afford their economy, fighting a war, things like that. What are we doing? We're going into bankruptcy. We just haven't admitted it. We're spending yeah. way more than we're taking in, and we're indirectly fighting two wars, Israel and yeah. Ukraine. That's right. The other country, uh, a group of countries took over global trading. Uh, Portugal lost it from the Dutch, the English, and the French uh, partnered together. We could see a new partner called BRICS being that new trading environment. Right. So what I'm trying to say is we're following in the fa same footsteps country-wise of every single aspect that these five previous countries, and at the time, the, you know, we look at the Netherlands right now, we look at France, we look at all these countries, Portugal, Spain, in our mind we say, how in the world could they either ever be the central financial of the world and how could they be the strongest countries in the world they were and now they're one of the weakest countries yeah. out there Man. so that tells us that there can be a change do not get lulled into belief saying because it's this way forever the united states the world reserve we will always have that in fact if we don't do something i'll make this bold statement if we don't make big big changes right here and now in 2024 or the next presidency I can t assure you we will be following the same path of these five that's countries right. looting that world reserve currency status, and that's going to be financially detrimental when that happens. Yeah, and, and, and uh, I'm so glad you mentioned this from a historical perspective, which is one of the reasons I, I teach U.S. and world history because there's so many lessons to be learned there, and it's very humbling. Because I, I think we we look at ourselves in America as the greatest nation that's ever existed, and I can make that case. Yeah. But that doesn't yeah. mean you're untouchable, and that doesn't mean you can't sink your own ship, which we're doing a really good job at. I, I was shocked when I saw the second point in our memo today, David, about Bank of America and other institutions uh, saying that the U.S. needs to hyperinflate to get the U.S. debt under control. Anytime I think hyperinflation, uh, I, I think of places like Venezuela 
uh, or the Weimar Republic before it became uh, the Third Reich of, of Adolf Hitler's Germany. Uh, wh what in the world are they thinking here? So Bank of America has said twice this year, and I quoted on your program previously, probably didn't give it as much impact as it should get, uh, that they were saying that we probably only way to get out of this mess is to hyperinflate. You brought up Germany. I want to make a point here. Um, Germany in the 1920s experienced hyperinflation, but before that, 1915, if a hundred mark, a hundred mark was the highest note at the time. Then just a few years later, common notes by 1923 were 100 billion marks, or what you call a hundred millionerden, was a common note. <laughs> so imagine the hyperinflation that went from that point to that point. Before all that, in 1915, if you had 50,000 marks, you could put that in the bank, live off save, uh, live off the interest from the right. savings account, and be financially secure. By 1923, after mass-producing paper currency, not backed by gold, by the way, yep. postage was 2 million marks. So your 50,000 marks, they were shutting these accounts down for insufficient funds. Right. What happened with gold and silver? Silver started out in 1919 at 12 marks, went to 87, excuse me, 542 billion marks. Gold went from 170 marks to 87 trillion marks. <laughs> That's, in other words, gold and silver kept the purchasing power while the paper money yeah. was hyperinflating, falling apart, and Germany wiped away their debt. This could be the way this United States might play this thing out. Yeah, which is so insane. And, and, uh, and, and when it comes to gold and silver, uh, you have to look at what big investors are doing, which we, you often bring up and quote them, but countries as well. So, so are there some new countries and entities this week that are kind of moving in the direction of purchasing gold? Yes, uh, the Dutch Central Bank announced that they might be backing their gold, their currency by gold, and we have Germany, Italy, France, Hungary. Uh, they're saying big quotes on gold. Gold is the bedrock of financial stability in the international monetary system. Gold is the excellent hedge against adversity, considered to be the ultimate store of value, and may play a role in stabilizing your portfolio. Those are what the countries are saying right now. And David Einhorn is saying, make sure you get some gold in your portfolio. He just increased his funds 89%, and he's the one that picked it Lehman Brothers before the fall of Lehman. Yeah, pretty amazing. So we need to be educated so that we can use these tools that actually the Lord himself provided for us in the earth. So, David, how do people do that? Get simple. Give us a call, 844-604-2575. Again, 844 844- 604-2575 or website landmarkgold.com. As always, David, God bless you, my brother. Thank you so much for this insight and this wisdom. I wish a happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Certainly am thankful for you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thanks, pal. We'll talk again next week. Uh, tomorrow, John Burke, the author of Imagine Heaven, has a new book out, Imagine the God of Heaven. It'll be great. We'll spend the whole hour with him. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon.